0: Welcome to Mana for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible, and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to you all. We are ready to get going this morning, so find your place there in Daniel chapter 7, 8, and 9. We're going to be reading those this morning as well as Philemon. So, Father God, thank you for this morning, blessing us, giving us this time. We can uh, gather around your word and ask you to do what you do, God. Just pour into us your spirit and uh, guide us by your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Daniel now, chapter 7, the vision of the four beasts. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, and Daniel saw a dream and visions in his mind as he lay on his bed when he wrote the dream down and related the following summary of it. Daniel said, I was looking in my vision by night. Behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up, the great sea and four great beasts were coming up from the sea different from one another the first was like a lion and had the wings of an eagle and i kept looking until its wings were plucked and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man a human mind was also given to it and behold another beast a second one resembling a bear It was raised up on one side, and three ribs were in its mouth between its teeth, and thus they said to it, Arise, devour much meat. After this I kept looking, behold, another one like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird, and the beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I kept looking in the night, visions, and behold, a fourth beast dreadful and terrifying, extremely strong and it had large iron teeth It devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet and it was different from all the beasts that were before it and it had ten horns while i was contemplating the four horns behold another horn a little horn came up among them and three of the first horns were pulled out by the roots before it and behold its horn possessed eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth uttering great boasts. Well, let's just stop there before I can get myself forgetful and confused. There's a lot we can go into. Just If memory serves, the line with the wings is going to be the Babylonian Empire. The the bear would then be the Persian. The swift leopard is Alexander the Greek, who's going to come in swiftly and overpower them. And then the four horns are his generals that then take over when he dies. And then following that, you're going to have the Roman Empire and the revived Roman Empire, really under the the Roman Church, leading to this little horn that comes up, which is going to be the Antichrist. So Daniel's seeing the whole scope of world history, just like Nebuchadnezzar had the dream of the statue, this is essentially following the same kingdoms, just presented to us differently. And Daniel's getting confirmation. This is all going to lead up to Daniel 9, which is interesting, of God's plan, how, what he's going to do when uh, we get to that, essentially, that fourth kingdom. Um, verse 9 now, continuing on, I kept looking until thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames, its wheels were a burning fire. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending him, and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court sat and the books were opened. Verse 11, then I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking, I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body was destroyed and giving to the burning fire. Oh, I should mention that little horn is also Antiochus Epiphanes, who did come and really that's when they slayed the pork on the altar of the Jews, and this is around the time of the book of Maccabees. So he's a pretype to the Antichrist. This is kind of relating to this at this as well, near and far prophecy. Verse 12 As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed period of time. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like the Son of Man was coming. And he came up to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples and nations and men of every language might serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed that's of course the rock cut out of the mountain not with human hands that's relating back to nebuchadnezzar's dream as well christ's kingdom when it comes 15 as for me daniel my spirit was distressed in me and the visions of my mind kept alarming me, I approached one of those who were standing by and began asking him the exact meaning of all this. And he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. These great beasts, which are four in number, are four kings who will arise from the earth, but the saints of the High One will receive the kingdom of And possess the kingdom forever, for all ages to come. Then I desired to know the exact meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful with its teeth of iron and its claws of bronze, and which devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet. And the meaning of the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up before which three of them fell, namely that Horn which had eyes and a mouth uttering great boasts and which was larger in appearance than its associates. Verse 21 I kept looking, and that horn was waging war with the saints and overpowering them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the High One. And the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast will be a fourth kingdom on the earth, it will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth, and tread it down, and crush it. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings will arise, and another will arise after them. And he will be different from the previous ones, and will subdue three kings. He will speak out against the Most High, and wear down the saints of the High One. And he will intend to make alterations in the times and in law, and there will be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. And the court will sit for judgment and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated and destroyed forever. When the sovereignty, the dominion and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole earth will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey him. At this point, the revelation ended. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts were greatly alarming me, and my face grew pale, but I kept the matter to myself. Chapter 8 In the third year of the reign of Belshazzar the king, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, subsequent to the one which appeared to me previously. I looked in the vision. While I was looking, I was in the citadel of Susa, which is in the province of Elam. And I looked in the vision, and I myself was beside the Ula'i Canal. I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a ram, which had two horns, was standing in front of the canal. Now the two horns were long, but one was longer than the other, with the longer one coming up last. I saw a ram butting westward, northward, southward, and no other beast could stand before him nor was there anyone to rescue from his power, but he did as he pleased and magnified himself. While I was observing, behold, a male goat was coming from the west over the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground, and the goat had a conspicuous horn between his eyes. He came up to the ram that had the two horns, which I had seen standing in front of the canal and rushed at him, In his mighty wrath, I saw him come beside the ram, and he was enraged at him, and he struck the ram and shattered the two horns. That'd be the Medo and Persian Empire. (laughs) This is Alexander the Great again, coming against them swiftly. And the ram had no strength to withstand him, so he hurled him to the ground and trampled on him. There was none to rescue the ram from his power. Then the male goat magnified himself exceedingly, But as soon as he was mighty, the large horn was broken, and in its place there came up four conspicuous horns towards the four winds of heaven. Verse 9, Out of one of them came forth a rather small horn, which grew exceedingly great towards the south, towards the east, and towards the beautiful land. It grew up to the host of heaven and caused some of the host and some of the stars to fall to the earth, and it trampled them down. It even magnified itself to be equal with the commander of the host, and it removed the regular sacrifice from him, and the place of the sanctuary was thrown down. An account of transgression, the host will be given over to the horn along with the regular sacrifice, and it will fling truth to the ground and perform its will and prosper. Then it heard, the Holy One speaking, and another Holy One said to that particular one who was speaking, how long will the vision about the regular sacrifice apply while the transgression causes horror, so as to allow both the Holy Place and the host to be trampled? And he said to me, for 2,300 evenings and mornings, then the Holy Place will be properly restored. Verse 15, when I, Daniel, had seen the vision, I sought to understand it, And behold standing before me was one who looked like a man and i heard the voice of a man between the banks of the ulai and he called out and said gabriel give this man an understanding of the vision so he came near to where i was standing when he came i was frightened and fell on my face but he said to me son of man understand the vision pertains to the time of the end Now, while he was talking with me, I sank into a deep sleep with my face to the ground, but he touched me and made me stand upright. He said, Behold, I'm going to let you know what will occur at the final period of the indignation, for it pertains to the appointed time of the end. Verse 20, The ram, which you saw with the two horn, represents the kings of Media and Persia. The goat, the shaggy goat, represents the kingdom of Greece and the large horn that is between his eyes is the first king the broken horn and the four horns that arose in his place represent the four kingdoms which will arise from his nation although not with his power in the latter period of their rule when the transgressors have run their course a king will arise insolent and skilled in intrigue his power will be mighty but not by his own power he will destroy to an extraordinary degree and prosper and perform his will. He will destroy mighty men and the holy people. And through his shrewdness he will cause deceit to succeed by his influence. And he will magnify himself in his heart and he will destroy many while they are at ease. He will even oppose the prince of princes, but he will be broken without human agency. The vision of the evenings and the mornings. Which has been told is true, but keep the vision secret, for it pertains to many days in the future. Then I, Daniel, was exhausted and sick for days. Then I got up again and carried on the king's business, but I was astounded at the vision, and there was none to explain it. Wow, there's a lot going on there, isn't there? Certainly you can see why he would be troubled. The, the very things that he was seeing pertain to the end of the world, and he's seen the Antichrist, the, the rise of the Antichrist, and he's trying to figure this out. His same vision, really, as previous with Nebuchadnezzar, we have the, the increase of the world powers, and the coming and the four generals, and the, the kingdom that's going to be broken up, in the first year of darius the son of azariah of median descent who was made king over the kingdom of the chaldeans in the first year of his reign i daniel observed the books and the numbers of years which was revealed as the word of the lord jeremiah the prophet for the completion of the desolation of jerusalem namely 70 years so i gave my attention to the lord to seek him by prayer and salvation with fasting sackcloth and ashes i prayed to the lord my god and confessed and said alas o lord the great and awesome God who keeps his command commandment and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned, committed iniquity, acted wickedly, and rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. Moreover, we have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and all the peoples of the land. Righteousness belongs to you, O Lord, but to us open shame as it is this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those who are nearby and those who are far away in all the countries to which you have driven them, because of their unfaithful deeds which they have committed against you. open shame belongs to us, O Lord, to our kings, our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong compassion and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. Nor have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his teachings, which he set before us through his servants, the prophets. Indeed, all Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, not obeying your voice. So the curse has been poured out on us, along with the oath which is written in the law of Moses. For we have sinned against him. Thus he has confirmed his words, which he had spoken against us, against our rulers who ruled us, to bring us great calamity. For under the whole heaven there's not been done anything like that was done in Jerusalem. And it is written, in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our iniquity and giving attention to your truth. Verse 14, therefore the Lord has kept the calamity in store and brought on us. For the Lord our God is righteous with respect to all his deeds, which he has done. But we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, who have brought your people out of the land of Egypt and have made a name for yourself as it is this day, we have sinned and we have been wicked O Lord, in accordance with all your righteous acts, let now your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For because of our sins and iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a reproach to all those around us. So now, our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his supplications, and for your sake, O Lord, let your face shine on your desolate sanctuary. Oh my God incline your ear and hear open your eyes and see the desolations and the city which is called by your name for we are not presenting our supplications before you on account of any merits of our own but on account of your great compassion O oh Lord hear O oh Lord forgive Lord bless our Lord listen and take action for your own sake Oh my God do not delay because your city and your people are called by your name. So just real quick, he's praying for interceding for his people. He recognizes the time is near for the Israel to go back to the land, and they have been their pain for their the price of their sin. He recognizes, so he's interceding and praying, saying, God, just show me the things to come. I see it in Scripture. I, I read Jeremiah. I know what's going on. But we're still sinful. We need our forgiveness, especially before we go back and rebuild the temple. Verse twenty now, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sins and the sins of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God in behalf of the holy mountain of my God, while I was still speaking in prayer, then the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision previously, came to me in my extreme weariness about the time of the evening offering, he gave me instruction and talked with me and said, "Oh Daniel, I have now come forth to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your supplication, the command was issued, and I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed, so give heed to the message and gain understanding of the vision. Verse 24, 70 weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity to bring in everlasting righteousness to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy place so you are to know and to discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild jerusalem until messiah the prince there will be 70 weeks and 62 weeks it will be built again with plaza and moat even in times of distress then after the 62 weeks the messiah will be cut off and have nothing and the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and its end will come with a flood. Even to the end there will be war. Desolations are determined. And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week, but in the middle of the week he will put a stop to the sacrifice and grain offering. And on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate, even until a complete destruction one that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate daniel chapter 9 i would recommend that you go to chapter 9 and listen to a teaching i have it on ours but you can go to chuck smith any of those guys this is pivotal to understand chapter 9 it is our world history in advance it's what's going to happen it's the explanation of how jesus is going to come when he's going to come Exactly 183,880 days after the declaration by Artaxerxes Longimanus in 445 BC to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. When he decreed that, those days would transpire until Jesus would ride into Jerusalem. They were supposed to recognize him as Messiah. They didn't. That's why he wept when he came in. And then he would be cut off, meaning to be killed. He would die, and then he would raise again and establish his kingdom, that rock cut out of the mountain without hands, establishing his kingdom over the whole earth. Daniel 9, backbone of all prophecy in the Bible. Very important you know it and know it as well as possible, actually. All right, let's move on to Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker, and to Aphia, our sister, and to Agrippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always, making mention of you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints. And I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for Christ's sake. For I have come to have much joy and comfort in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. Therefore, though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do what is proper, Yet for love's sake, I'd rather appeal to you since I am such a person as Paul the aged and are now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my imprisonment, who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. I have sent him back to you in person, that is, sending my very heart, whom I wished to keep with me, so that on your behalf he might minister to me in my imprisonment for the gospel. But without your consent, I did not want to do anything, so that your goodness would not be in effect by compulsion, but of your own free will. Perhaps he was, for this reason, separated from you for a while, that you would have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord." If then you regard me a partner, accept him as you would me. But if he has wronged you any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it, not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self as well. Yes, brother, let me benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you since I know that you will do even more than what I say. At the same time, also prepare me a lodging, for I hope that through your prayers I will be given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. We. Most of us know the story on this. This slave ran away, may have taken some of his master's money, and he finds Paul. Paul finds him somehow, and he gets saved. Had he met him before when he was maybe went to visit Philemon? It doesn't say. But somehow he found Paul. Paul found him, and Paul led him to the Lord. Now Paul says, look, you got to do the right thing. you got to go back. Interesting how they treated slavery back then. Paul didn't spend his life trying to set slaves free because he himself saw himself as a slave. He regarded all men as slaves to God. And there is a a sense that we can serve one another, and it's not a bad thing, especially when your masters are good. Remember that in those times, they were able to take care of the slaves. Slaves were not privy to a lot of education or advancement in jobs or anything, but they were the poor of the poor, or they were conquered, from other countries, but they were often well-treated. Not always, but they had a house, food, and in this case, we can see where their masters were Christians. Now Paul's saying, treat him like a brother. We're all servants. I want you to treat this slave as a brother in Christ. Think about that. There would be no difference between someone who is a boss and his employee. Although this slave, his wages are essentially going to be his clothes, his food, a place to live. Maybe even a little spending money. So it's interesting how that all works out. Not quite the way we see it, the way it was in modern day, early settlers in the United States. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Psalm 121.4. Jehovah is the keeper of Israel. No form of unconsciousness ever steals over him, neither the deeper slumber nor the slighter sleep. He never fails to watch the house and the heart of his people. This is a sufficient reason for our resting in perfect peace. Alexander said that he slept because his friend Parmenio watched. Much more may we sleep because our God is on guard. Behold, is here set up to call our attention to the cheering truth. Israel, when he had a stone for his pillow, fell asleep, but his God was awake and came in vision to his servant. When we lie defenseless, Jehovah himself will cover our head. The Lord keeps his people as a rich man keeps his treasure, as a captain keeps a city with a garrison, as a sentry keeps watch over his sovereign. None can harm those who are in such keeping. Let me put my soul into his dear hands. He never forgets us, never ceases actively to care for us, never finds himself unable to preserve us. O Lord, keep me, lest I wander and fall and perish. Keep me, that I may keep thy commandments. By thine unslumbering care, prevent my sleeping like the sluggard and perishing like those who sleep the sleep of death. That's beautiful. Rest in that, brothers and sisters. Sleep, sleep on, that the Lord your God cares for you desires to watch over you he never slumbers nor sleeps let's pray father we do bless you and thank you for this beautiful day you've given us as we move into a time of thanksgiving we could say a time of rejoicing a time of celebrating this time of year and for us god for so many of us it is a time of blessing where we are surrounded by beautiful people that we love in the church, our families perhaps, and, and just having a sense of purpose and everything you're doing in our lives. But we do recognize, God, there's so much hopelessness in the world and these insane wars that are going on. So we also, God, at the same time cry out to you and say, Save the lost. God, touch those that are in need right now, those that are sick and hungry in these war-torn countries And those poor captives, the people that were kidnapped out of their homes and held underground, maybe in darkness, maybe with little or no food, we don't know, but God, we just pray that you would deliver them, help them to be found by the Israeli soldiers, and help them to be delivered. We intercede on their behalf, God, crying out to you. And we also cry out for the innocent Gazans, the people, the, the women and children especially, that have had to flee their homes, see their homes destroyed because of this terrorist organization. God, bring them food, help, and relief. Thank you for Israel giving them various supplies and help them come to know know you, Father. Surpass everything going on and reveal yourself through dreams and visions as you've been doing in the Muslim world so God help them come to know you soon and, and protect their life. Thank you, God, for this beautiful day and what you are doing and continuing to do, and especially for service yesterday. And so wonderful to see old friends, see people coming back. I haven't seen in years. And we're, we're joyful, God. We thank you for those that were saved yesterday. A new friend, Mario, who just gave his life to the Lord. Thank you for him, God. Thank you for the work you're doing uh, all over the place. You are drawing people to yourself and and blessing and we are so thankful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, thanks. Thanks for being with us. And as always, uh, see you tomorrow. And we'll finish up or get through most of Daniel. And we'll continue on, especially in the prophetic sense. It's it, Days are getting interesting. Keep looking up. Jesus loves you. Bye-bye.